Hello, everybody. Yes, I know it's a bit of a tough week here following the Steelers' loss to the Bills in the postseason, but it is episode 94. I'm alongside the Still City Insider himself, Mr. Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you doing today? Are we allowed to smile yet? I, I think so. I think uh, Wednesday is the, the first day you're, you're allowed to crack a little bit of a smile. So. <laughs> yeah, well, so, uh, you know, I guess it was to be expected. Yeah, and let's not waste any time, Jim. Let's jump in. What happened in this game? Ten-point dogs. They did make it competitive. Uh, what's your overall take here on the performance that the Steelers put on display in Buffalo? Well, you know, there's a lot of angst out there in the fan base. A lot. But I, I don't understand why. I know they lost, and now we're running the streak together, and it's never happened in Steeler history except for the first 40 years. And... Uh, um, so everybody's mad. And I thought they played well. I, I thought they made a game of it. I thought the quarterback showed enough. I don't know if it's enough for them to keep him. We can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he he has lived up to my comparison, draft day comparison, to Neil O'Donnell. And, you know, what's funny is this Super that Super Bowl that Neil – brought them back and then made the mistakes and lost the game to a heavy favorite it was very similar to this game. Mm -hmm. And so Mason, Mason made one mistake, but he didn't make the, the big Neil O'Donnell blunders late in the game. Other people made mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, but th that's, that's Mason's, that's his comp. That's a, that's a good comp. You can get to a Super Bowl with the Mason Rudolph. Yeah. And Josh Allen's of the world. Jeez, that if you don't have that, it makes it a lot harder. And you know, when Ben was a young quarterback, he won two Super Bowls, and he 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 could run like Josh Allen, he could throw like Josh Allen. Yeah, and so and the team was better around him. But um, then that team got old, and then it was all Ben, and uh, the anti Tomlin stuff began right about then. Why can't this team rebuild on the fly with its franchise quarterback and it hasn't been able to yeah um i don't know that they're rebuilt yet uh, i'd like to see them draft fifth something like that but um uh, i mean the tomlin haters have heard all this before so uh you know and they call it excuses i call it reality uh rebuilding on the fly with that uh, quarterback hamstring you're your cap and then he gets old so that streak begins 2017 he was 36 i believe to mm -hmm. 35 so you know he got old and he never really took care of his body he wasn't john elway out there and it wasn't terry bradshaw he didn't have that body anymore and so the tomlin non-playoff streak began as they rebuilt again they're they're getting close i i, I believe that this performance showed that they're on the upswing and they may have found their quarterback, but it's not a franchise quarterback. So that look must be ongoing. That search must be ongoing. Mm -hmm. So there's a, obviously a lot to unpack there, Jim. Um, one of those questions, and we'll start here. What becomes of Mason Rudolph then following this performance? Because I felt, considering the circumstances, only starting three games this season – he kept the team in this game. He he moved the ball down the field to ensure he had the the costly error, uh, the interception in the end zone. 
Um, maybe you could put some of that responsibility on Deontay Johnson as well and, and, and share share the blame there. But if it wasn't for Rudolph, they're not going to be that competitive with Trubisky. Uh, what happens with him next season? Well, he's he's shown he's shown his value to the league. Does that make him a number one? Is someone going to pay money for him to be a number one? Maybe a low tier number one. Maybe he'll get some high tier backup quarterback money, better than what they paid Trubisky. Would the Steelers pay that much money? If they did, they may have to promise him the starting quarterback job for him to for him to take a little less than maybe the say Atlanta Falcons offer to be their starter. Um, maybe he takes a little less from the Steelers if they promise at least to be an open competition. Mm-hmm. And and you know, let let that brings us to Kenny. What are you doing with Kenny? If you're bringing Mason back, I would think you're going to start him. I don't know if Kenny can have a better preseason than he had last preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, he would he, if he would do that perfect passer rating thing again. We would all say, well, he did that last year, and it didn't show in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Mason might not be brought back just to avoid that, that quasi-open competition or or paying him a little more to a little more than Trubisky money to be the starter. Uh, but anyway, Kenny is only in his second year. Uh Mason's in his is it fifth year or sixth year? 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Fifth year. Fifth year. Yeah. So he saw the light in his fifth year. You know, two in his second year, people were down on him like they're down on Pickett right now. So you got to give these guys a minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Jordan Love. What do you remember about Jordan Love playing against the Steelers this year? About the middle of the year. He, I remember him pushing the ball down the field with the deep ball. Okay. Well, how many times did he connect? Because it, I don't remember it. I thought the Steelers handled the Packers rather easily. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Jordan Love as a threat at all. I thought he, uh, I recall, I think he had a bad game. You look at him now. I mean, the light came on. Mm-hmm. It was, and it's his fourth year. Yeah. And as Mason Rudolph proved, you don't have to play every year of those four years to get better. You just do get better. Right. So I think Kenny deserves that kind of patience. Right. But, but I'm not saying hold the, if you got a franchise quarterback move that you could make, do it. You yeah. got a second round guy that really fits your value board, do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to continue the search until until Kenny puts it away and, and, and the light goes on for Kenny and you say, Great. Okay, now we have two quarterbacks. We can trade one. But but I think the other side of that coin, Jim, is looking at Mason's performance. And I'd written about what he did those final three games. I'll even put that playoff performance in there. What can he do if he's a starter for 17 games? And if you would go back and redo the season, I know hindsight's, you know, uh, well, is it hindsight's 2020? I was going to say 50 50. Hell, I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but if you go back, if you would go back and, and run that season through with Mason Rudolph, do you win against Arizona? Do you win that game against New England? Do you maybe squeak out another one of those games and you're looking at a home playoff game and maybe a little bit m- more cohesion in the offense? So I think that has to factor in too. And while surely there's going to be some chaos and uh, turmoil there between Pickett and and Mason, and not that it's going to be animosity, but naturally from competition, 
I think you got to give this guy an opportunity to compete for the starting job. Now they have to resign him first, but he's shown enough. If you can pay him. And my point is, you may have to pay him enough where that ensures he's the starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Whether by verbal agreement or just the monetary aspect of it. Because if you're not sold on him to be your starter, then you're not going to pay him that money and you're going to let him go. Mm -hmm. And the way it looks is, uh, it seems like the franchise is willing to do that. Just, I mean, just like they did with Neil O'Donnell after that Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a person who's going to have a big, big role in determining the starting quarterback next year, uh, much to the chagrin of uh, a lot of the Pittsburgh fan base, is going to be Mike Tomlin. Uh, I know there are uh, some feathers ruffled following the game, the, um, the uh, conference, press conference following the game. He walked out. Uh, off the stage when asked about his job, but uh, report that he spoke to the players last uh, yesterday that he is going to return for next year. Um, is is that the biggest question around Mike Tomlin and his coaching staff? Were you surprised about what happened? What happened and and the report that he's returning? What's your take on this whole coaching drama? You know, I or anybody at Steel City Insider didn't report on those rumors, and I didn't do stories. I didn't do blogs. <laughs> I didn't believe them. And now people say because of Jay Glazer, Tomlin's friend, Jay Glazer broke that uh, trading, uh, would he be willing to trade and thought that Tomlin used him as a mouthpiece. You know, I've seen Jay Glazer walk around campus with Mike Tomlin for like an hour. And I thought, man, I'm going to watch Glazer's columns for the next month because he'll bleed out some of that info. He never did. He never writes about the Steelers. He never betrays Tomlin's confidence. Mm. He doesn't use Tomlin. I don't I don't know why. So I didn't really buy it like everybody else did who who has watched them walk around campus. I mean, they're buds. Mm -hmm. So uh, I didn't buy into that. And then I, I certainly didn't buy into um, him taking a year off and going to the TV. He was he's just too energetic. He just loves this too much. Mm -hmm. And he loves Pittsburgh. So uh, and, and and as for that press conference, you know, he was um, it was the end of the press conference. They said, any more questions? And then that question came. It started. And he got up and left. And I've seen uh, in 1988, Chuck Noll did the exact same thing. But he smiled and he said, I'm not answering that. So people took that. At least he said something. Yeah. Mike didn't say anything. But I know Mike, he doesn't seem to like that reporter. And mm -hmm. that reporter thinks that. Mm -hmm. And she thinks it's because she's a woman. But that that's not Mike. I, that's just how it goes. I, I mean, she, she just didn't respect the question. And I know a lot of her questions are prompted by her in her headset from bosses way back nationally and they want those antagonistic questions those clickbait answers the clickbait video so uh i think mike has become perceptive to that and just doesn't want to take the latest rumors off the internet doesn't want to deal with well naji said this and uh, what about that and what about that you know ask him about the football game ask him something fresh about football yeah. And then you won't get him walking out. He didn't want to talk about that at that time. I, I guess he could have handled it better. I, I don't know that I would have. I probably would have. But Chuck Noll handled it graciously, but he did the same thing. So it, it he, he'll talk about it when he when he is extended. Mm -hmm. I mean, then he told the team he's coming back. I, mm -hmm. I never bought any of it. 
Yeah. I always thought he would come back. Yeah. Which brings brings me to the, the probably the the biggest change that's going to happen this offseason will be offensive coordinator, yeah. just based on what's transpired during the year. And you would think that there's going to be some upper level management involvement in who's hired in terms of bringing in an outsider. Um, your take on what the path is to find a new offensive coordinator and how do you see that search playing out? Any sort of timeline on that? Well, the sooner the better, because you, you would assume that you can get the, the better candidates before they sign elsewhere. We have a story coming out tomorrow in Steel City Insider by Matt uh, Steele about the top candidates. And he goes into, he you know, he's a big Shanahan guy, uh, the Shanahan tree. So that list will be full of those guys. And it'll be interesting. Matt does a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the most important. And everybody complaining about Tomlin's offense, he's already fired the coordinator. It's going to change. Mm-hmm. And they they want, you know, Dick LeBeau was quit the first time in Pittsburgh because of Bill Cowher's intrusions on, on the headset. When he came back in 2004, he was promised that he would not have those intrusions. But Bill Cowher was still going to talk defense. Maybe just wasn't going to yell as loud. And and LeBeau was more comfortable and got to do his things. And, you know, he had shown Bill Cowher back in the 90s what his things could do. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that that finally stymied the Bills and uh, the the K-gun. Uh, and and uh, it was all because of LeBeau's schemes. And and I just wrote a story about uh, Kent Hull talking about how reading that defense was like reading Chinese. So uh, there are great assistants who will shut the head coach up, but for the, for the most part, the head coach is the head coach. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to hire a guy and let him go. It's not how it works. Yeah. He, he should give him more latitude, especially if they pay a lot of money for a big-time guy. Yeah. So, so Jim, just kind of taking this back to where we started the show um, and how you talked about, and I never thought about it from that perspective before, but that this team has been undergoing a rebuild that started toward the end of Roethlisberger's career as he began to age and lose mobility, that they were trying to, to build a championship caliber team. Uh, and that the reason the reason why there's been such futility in the playoffs is because of just that. And that the missing piece at this point still is that upper level quarterback play. Is that kind of how I, I don't know if the word rebuild. I mean, that, that that seems intentional and, you know, they're not intentional and they probably should have started looking for a quarterback. They probably should have drafted Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. They drafted Mason. You know, if Ben got pissed off about a third round pick, look look what he would have. I'm sure what he what he would have said about a first round pick. But too bad. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers was miffed about Jordan Love too. But sometimes you have to do that. Joe Montana didn't appreciate Steve Young, but he perpetuated that San Francisco dynasty. The mm-hmm. Steelers didn't do that. I don't know. I don't think it was just because they were afraid of Roethlisberger's wrath. Mm-hmm. They thought he still had enough and. Um, they thought they could fill other holes. And, you know, 2017, they drafted T.J. Watt with the 30th pick instead of a quarterback. I don't know who they would have picked at quarterback. But the next year, 2018, I'm a little surprised that Tomlin passed on Lamar Jackson. And uh, Tomlin has to take 
a lot of the brunt of that. I know they they work in tandem with the front office, but first round picks are heavily heavily weighted in the coach's favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the draft this year. If there's a quality quarterback with a first round grade on on them in that first round at number twenty, I think they're picking twenty this year. Even with Kenny, let's say you are uh, re-signing Mason and bringing him back, will this team pull the trigger on another quarterback in the first round? I would doubt it, but uh, you know, value is value. If you love the guy, don't pass on. Mm-hmm. But you know, if they bring Mason back, it's more unlikely. I'm not. I I would think if they bring Mason back, then they release Trubisky, mm-hmm. and then they might draft a developmental quarterback. I. I I, I but if if there's great value, I would draft the number one. They're they're that important, mm-hmm. and it is a deep quarterback crop. And picking twentieth is where they got Kenny Pickett. That was not a deep quarterback crop. Yeah. But uh, you know, this is supposed to be a deep crop. I had my eye on Michael Penix as possibly the guy to take in the twenties, but not so much now after what what I watched pro level defense uh, like Michigan's do to him mm-hmm. made him look small. And I don't know if I want that in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is we have plenty of time to talk NFL draft because we're not preparing for a, a game next week. But anything uh, you want to hit on before we wrap up, wrap up episode 94? I, you know, I, I understand people's anger about the spinning the wheels in mediocrity. I, I just can't get past the fact that this guy just keeps winning. And that's not his standard. He's that's not his goal. I mean, he wants to win as many games as possible. He wants to win a championship. Um, but it it seems like you know, I we had Vic Ketchman on here, my old boss, and he he covered the Steelers in the 70s and the 80s. And in the 80s, he said the worst thing is to cover a team that keeps going eight and eight. You can't write about the draft with any enthusiasm, and you can't write about the postseason with any enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. But eventually they did break through. It, it took a, a really poor 1988, the year that Noel walked out of the press conference, uh, to get a great 90, a 1989 draft. And then that begat the Blitzburg era. Yeah. So one good draft uh, last year should be followed up by another one. And, um, you know, the, uh, there were a lot of people that played well enough. There were a lot of mistakes. There were a lot of holes. And those holes need to be filled. Uh, and uh, I think we all know what they are. Um, but there's a lot. I mean, are, are you down on Pickens? I'm not, I'm not anymore. No. I'm, but, I mean, a couple, like a month ago, I was. Mm-hmm. And DJ, too. Now, I'm not so down on both them. But I'm not saying don't add another wide receiver. Yeah. You know, I, I, someone that gives you more explosiveness than Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Alan and Robinson, Calvin Austin's a great number four guy, speedball to come. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. There's uh there's. I, a, I really like Alan. Good block. Good person, but I don't Go know ahead. if he, number. Th- I don't know if he's a number three. Good I was person. just going to say yes. I, I can't see him coming back. He he was serviceable, but I thought he'd have more of an impact, and that could be con- attributed to the quarterback play. But you're right. I think they need to bring in somebody somebody else to compete for that number three spot, but. We'll have to save all that for another time because there's lots and lots of off-season to go before uh, end of July, and we're talking training camp. And I'll be I'll be back out there, Jim, if you if you'll have me. <laughs> Year three. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I need someone to carry all my stuff. Yep. Yep. I'm the water boy. I'm the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> But that's going to do it for episode number 94. You can check out Jim's work, The Still City Insider. Give him a follow on X at Jim Wexel. You can give me a follow at Still Study. And we're going to be off next week, but we'll be back after that uh, weekly. Get all your Steelers offseason updates. Uh, we appreciate your support. Make sure you like, subscribe, share with your family and friends. And we'll see you for the Greg Lloyd episode, number 95 of the Still City Insider podcast. Jim, have a great week. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Take care.